Welcome to the Plants and Pilates Life podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how you know what diet is healthy. I know a lot of people ask this question, and in today's diet-obsessed culture, it can be extremely difficult to know how and what to eat. And if you followed the diet advice of every guru out there, you probably wouldn't even be able to drink water by the time you're finished. So you're going to hear a lot of messages from a lot of diet gurus and experts and doctors and all these people telling you don't eat sugar, don't eat bread, avoid carbs, don't eat cruciferous vegetables because they have goitrogens that could cause you to have hypothyroidism. Don't eat potatoes because they're white and potatoes make you fat. Don't eat salt. Uh, Don't eat anything made with flour. And the list goes on and on and on. Um, By the time you finish all this, it's like, well, the most popular vegetables for people to eat, broccoli, cauliflower, um, are cruciferous veggies. So what do you do? Are these people right? Who's wrong? What do I eat? What do I do? It can be so intensely confusing and I know a lot of people I see them posting in groups that I'm a member of on Facebook or whatever saying um I know kale is really healthy for me but I really hate it I just don't enjoy it I've tried it raw I've tried cooking it I've tried all these things I put it in soups I don't like it it's super tough can somebody give me a really good recipe so I can eat kale because it's really healthy And the thing is, is they saw somebody else, some influencer of some sort or doctor or someone tell them that kale was healthy and then all of a sudden they're trying to force themselves to eat it. And this is not the way to be healthy and this is not the way to a sustainable lifestyle. It just isn't. I've also seen people watch social media influencers that eat tons of sweet potatoes and they're super lean and they look super fit and they want to look like that person. And so they're like, can anybody help me find a way to make sweet potatoes so that I'll like them because so-and-so eats them and she looks great and I really want to try it. And it's like, well, if you don't eat like sweet potatoes, then don't eat them. Like this is the problem that we have is we're following so many people and their ideas and the way that they eat, even though we don't like it or enjoy it. And that will never be successful. So I want to kind of help you navigate all of this craziness and navigate all of these things to help you figure out what is healthy. Number one thing that I want to stress to you is that most studies related to nutrition are funded by special interest groups. So you think, oh, it's science. It's in a peer-reviewed journal, so that must mean that it's true. Actually, no. It, that isn't true at all. Most of the, the, they have to get the money somewhere. Now, they're not all funded by special interest groups, but what's causing the confusion is that some of it is research that is actual research and then 80% of the rest of it was funded by certain groups that wanted a certain result. And I'm gonna, I see this all the time. So I'm going to give you one quick example. Um, someone that I know was going to a university and was taking a nutrition class. I think it was a sports nutrition class or something of the sort at a a very popular university in the area and the professor told them that a new study came out saying that chocolate milk was the best post-workout drink that you could have better than anything else add protein it had carbs it has all the things it's just amazing 
And so this individual started drinking chocolate milk after all of their workouts, believing that this study that had been published in peer-reviewed journal had to have been correct. But guess what? All I had to do, I don't have to know anything about studies. I don't have to know anything about anything. I find the study and I go look at conflicts of interest and I look at who funded it. Oh, it was the National Dairy Promotion Board that funded this study. The National Dairy Promotion Board. Do you think that this study was was accurate? No, it wasn't. There was a conflict of interest in who was funding it. They had a very vested interest in how this study came out. So obviously throw that out. So are you going to have to go and do all this research and find the results of all these studies and who funded it and what researchers had conflicts of interest? That would take you forever. Do you need to do that? No. And we'll get into that in a minute. But I'm going to give you a couple more examples. So I have looked up all the studies that people show me that low-carbohydrate diets are beneficial for weight loss and don't have any unhealthy side effects or anything like that. I People show me this all the time. And you know what's interesting? Do the same thing. Who funded the studies on low-carbohydrate diets saying that they're healthy, they don't increase your risk of heart disease, they don't have any of these bad effects? These studies are funded by the Robert Atkins Foundation. Just let that sink in for a second. Who's Robert Atkins? Like the biggest name in low-carb diets? And the Robert Atkins Foundation is funding these studies. You don't think that there's a conflict of interest there? You know, this is, this is why we have so much confusion about nutrition. It's not that we're confused. It's we have too many competing financial interests in this whole thing. So there was a study that was published all over the news. I mean, New York Times, you name it, it was everywhere. Saturated fat doesn't cause heart disease. Saturated fat is healthy. We were wrong. It's amazing. Saturated fat is great. Now everybody's promoting this. I see social media influencers on YouTube, doctors, chiropractors, all these people promoting Guess what? Saturated fat is good. It's the new good fat. It's great. It doesn't cause heart disease. We're so excited. Let's eat all the bacon. Oh, wait. Who funded that study? It was the National Dairy Council. Because butter and cheese and a lot of these things, sales are dropping. It's affecting their bottom line. They got to prove that saturated fat isn't bad for you because we got to sell our stuff. It, it, and I don't know if this was one of the studies that was also the National Dairy Promotion Board or the National Dairy Council. I looked it up a while back, but it was it was definitely um, the dairy industry that had funded, funded the study. That is a conflict of interest because all of their products that they sell have high amounts of saturated fat. And there have been people who actually do have degrees in statistics and research and all that who have said that these this was not actual research. They just went and evaluated, did a meta-analysis of all of the studies out there on saturated fat. They cherry-picked certain things and they just designed it in a way to come up with the result that they wanted. The sad thing is, is that all of these big um, media outlets pick up on this because they're telling people good news about bad habits that they have or yeah everybody eat your bacon and be healthy and it's not going to cause any problems well the problem is it's not true that was not what these studies were showing that is not what the information is showing but you have a special interest group that just does that to sell more products and then guess what 
sales of their products go back up because now people aren't afraid of saturated fat anymore. This is the problem that we have, okay? When we look at studies on ketogenic diets, the problem is a lot of these people promoting ketogenic diets are using studies that were funded by the Robert Atkins Foundation to promote their keto diets. And it's not accurate, and it is most of the stuff that they are using is misconstrued and was not in any way to support ketogenic diets. And there's a lot of conflict of interest and stuff like that. I've looked up these studies. Um, I've never found any of them that didn't have conflicts of interest or other issues. However, there are studies looking at ketogenic diets, and the ones that you will find the truth in are the ones that were done on children with epilepsy. Now, what I want you to realize is what they're trying to do is reset these children's brains, and the major fuel for the brain is glucose. It's what the brain runs optimally on. But when they're they're trying to starve the brain of this optimal fuel and reset it to lower um, their seizures, because a lot of these kids are having like 100 seizures a day, it's very much affecting their life and medication was not working. However, in most cases, they found that the ketogenic diet was too dangerous to recommend for most children with epilepsy because the risks of the diet outweighed the benefits for most cases. Not all cases. And a lot of parents I know have been very frustrated with children who have seizures wanting doctors to put their child on keto diets thinking that it's a good idea and so many people are doing it for weight loss, it must be healthy. But these studies found that the ketogenic diet increased the risk of kidney stones, fatal heart arrhythmias, fatal electrolyte imbalances, gallstones, and the list goes on and on. Some of these kids had cholesterol issues, had all kinds of things going on. And the diet was just too risky unless it was a very severe case. And so we look at this and they, they called these starvation mimicking diet. That's what it is. That is what it was called. And that's what it does, is it mimics starvation. It deprives the body of its primary source of fuel, which is carbohydrates. And it does cause fat loss. Absolutely, it does. There are a lot of complications, and I'm not going to get into that right now, but you still have 70 to 100 milligrams per deciliter of blood sugar all the time. Your body's running off of that glucose, whether you're eating it or not. Now, a lot of ketogenic promoters tell you that your body will just turn the fat that you eat into the glucose that you need. Well, why don't you just eat the carbohydrate anyway? Like if it's just going to do that anyway, it, you're, they're saying it's turning the fat into sugar and the carbohydrates just turn into sugar in the blood. So what's the difference? But the reality is when I looked up the research, they said when they fasted people for a period of time and then fed them a high fat diet, they thought that it would convert the fat into glucose needed to fuel the cells and fuel the body and keep blood sugar levels up. However, it, that didn't actually happen. It only rose blood sugar levels by about three milligrams per deciliter. It, it didn't do much. So in reality, that's not what's happening. What's fueling, what fuels gluconeogenesis, which is the production of glucose, what is fueling that is actually proteins in the body, which equates to muscle and collagen and other structural proteins of the body. That's not what we want happening. It happens over a slow period of time. There's a lot of metabolic adaptations that happen with this. It's just not an ideal 
thing to be on a starvation mimicking diet. But we have all of these special interest groups that want to produce studies to tell you that these things are good for you and they're really not. So basically what I'm saying with this is do not believe headlines about nutrition. They want to make money off of their publications. They don't care whether that scientific study was true or not or who it was funded by, who it was bought and paid for by. They don't care. If it has sensational headlines, they'll publish it for money. Do not believe the headlines that you read. Okay? So, number two, the key to knowing what to eat is first to recognize that any food that grows in the earth is good for you. The nature provides the perfect food for us. If it grows, if you can pick it off of a tree or pull it out of the ground or whatever, it's good for you. All the other crap about fruits and sugars and all the stuff is just diet mumbo jumbo, okay? It just is. It's all people... Weight loss is a multi-billion dollar industry. You don't think that these people have a financial interest of selling you the latest and greatest diet that's going to make you lose weight? They're going to hate on sugar. They're going to hate on salt. They're going to hate on bread. They're going to hate on flour. They're going to hate on whatever the latest and greatest thing is to get you to buy their things or their meal plans or whatever the case may be. All fruit, vegetables, legumes, whole grains, nuts, seeds are all healthy. The balances that we eat them in may be different. But in reality, they're all healthy, whole foods that the earth provides for us. Anyone who demonizes any of these healthy, whole foods to you has an agenda. I'm sorry, they just do. So how do you choose which ones of these things to eat? The fruits, the vegetables, the legumes, whole grains, what's healthy, what's not? Just eat the ones you actually like. It's that simple. It doesn't matter. If you hate kale, don't eat it. I don't care if somebody tells you it's like the superfood. It's the new. No, if you don't like it, don't eat it. That's not sustainable. It's not going to make you healthy eating things you don't like. It doesn't work like that. Just eat the ones you like. If you don't like garbanzo beans, don't eat them. If you don't like broccoli, don't eat it. It's that easy. Just pick the things that you do like and prepare them in the way that you do enjoy them. Nature provides food perfectly for us. We don't need anyone else in the world to tell us what we should or should not eat. We can eat of the abundance of the earth and choose from any of the varieties that grow based on our taste preferences. It's that simple. You are the only one that knows what you like. Choose from those foods. There is an abundance. There is no limit to the amounts and varieties of things and ways to prepare them. So it's, it, that's just really easy. If it grows in the ground or somewhere on a tree or whatever, great, eat it. If you like it, eat it. If you don't, don't. Simple as that. So my next tip, do not follow social media influencers to determine what you should eat. Are they all wrong? No. Are they all bad? No. Do some of them have great ideas? Absolutely. So why am I telling you not to follow them? Many social media influencers have lost weight on a variety of diets. They'll lose weight on anything from keto to fruit diets, okay? They get really excited about their success and they want to share it with others. And so they go on social media and they promote these diets. And there's nothing wrong with this. However, just because it worked for someone else does not mean it will work for you. And just because it worked for them 
for a period of time doesn't mean it will work for them forever. Not to mention the fact that the majority of these social media influencers engage in extremely restrictive and unhealthy habits that eventually cause health problems down the line. Not all of them do, but many of them do. So let me give you a couple of examples. Alkaline water has been really popular among some social media influencers. Our stomach isn't meant to be alkaline. You're not meant to drink a bunch of liquid that is that alkaline in your stomach. It dilutes your stomach acid. It's not good. It's going to cause digestive issues. It's not a good idea. Um, But a lot of people were buying alkaline water because they were seeing a social media influencer say that it was good. Water is the way water is. The way that it comes up out of the earth in the springs, that's how we're supposed to drink it. Anything else... No. Like I said, if the earth provides it, great. If it doesn't, not. Obviously, don't drink seawater, but (laughs) you know what I mean. So water fasting is another really popular thing among social media influencers that we know. Just no. That is not a good idea. Juice cleanses. So let me explain to you why we don't do this. Water fasting, if you have a serious, very, 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 very serious health condition that is dramatically affecting your quality of life or could be terminal and you want to go to a water fasting facility for that reason, fine. Other than that, no. Okay. What happens is we cholesterol, estrogen, a lot of hormones are excreted through the intestinal tract and bound with fiber and excreted out of our bodies. So what happens, you'll see, and I've seen this before, social media influencer goes on juice cleanse and gets acne breakouts, and they think that they're detoxing. Guess what? It's not detox. You are not getting any fiber in the juices that you're drinking, and estrogen is not being excreted properly, and it's being reabsorbed, and it's causing hormonal acne. That is what is happening. Most of the symptoms that you have when you're doing a juice cleanse is not a detox. The low energy that you have is because it's very difficult to get enough calories. And even if you do, your body burns through them really quickly and it's hard to keep your energy up when you don't have fiber slowing the absorption of the sugars and the carbohydrates in the juices. So you will have severe energy fluctuations or feel tired or foggy headed or those kinds of things. It has nothing to do with detox. The acne breakouts and some of those other things are caused because your body's not able to excrete things properly. Fiber is important for the cleansing of the body and doing juicing is not helping with that. So juice cleanses, not a good idea. Avoiding salt. A lot of people say don't touch salt, don't eat it. They won't even have condiments that have sodium in them. And then they end up having low blood pressure. They feel dizzy, they feel faint. They don't have any energy, and it's because their blood pressure is low. We are meant to have salt. Sodium is an essential nutrient. And people say, oh, you can get it from like celery or seaweed or something. Do you realize that you'd have to eat like 32 ribs of celery to get enough salt for the day? You can't eat enough (laughs) celery to get enough salt. It just doesn't work. We need a little bit of salt. And I experienced this. I tried this probably over a decade ago, the salt thing, not eating salt, my blood pressure dropped to 85 over 58. And I was getting super dizzy, lightheaded, didn't feel very well. And it was just because I wasn't eating salt, added a little salt to my diet, boom, done. So a lot of these things, extreme things that people are doing just are not sustainable. Another thing that I see really commonly is extremely low fat diets in young women causing hormonal imbalances. So they go on these 80-10-10 diets, these fruitarian diets, 
um, not eating any, say, olives. They won't eat an avocado. They won't eat chia seeds or walnuts or anything else and they end up having hormonal problems or very very dry cracked skin they can even have digestive issues because they do this now in older women fat needs change especially as you near menopause so that's a different issue but in young women a lot of times they can have hormonal issues in that if they're not eating enough fats in their diets and they are following doctors who are dealing with people with heart disease and significant health problems and they need to eat really low, um, low fat diets, whereas young people just do not. So again, it's really important not to jump on these extreme bandwagons. Another thing that I see is women focusing too much on vegetables. There's this really popular low calorie density idea, and it's not bad. But for some people, eating large amounts of vegetables with high levels of sulforaphanes and indigestible fiber can cause digestive problems. And then they say, oh, a plant-based diet didn't work for me. My stomach was hurting. It was bad. Well, that might be the problem. They're eating a lot of salads. They're eating a lot of these vegetables and their stomach is bothering them. So that's another thing. Raw food diets are also really restrictive and when not done very carefully can result in a variety of health issues. I'm not saying you can't do them, but the more you restrict your diet, the more careful you have to be in making sure that it's balanced. But a lot of raw foodists are doing juicing and water fasting and all of these other things along with raw food diets and it, it is completely imbalanced. And sometimes they're really high in a lot of raw vegetables which cause stomach pain for some people. So if it's not working, it's okay. You just need to find the balance of things that do work for you. Um, another thing that I see is excessive exercise, which leads to cravings, digestive problems, high stress hormones, and that. So I've seen a lot of these social media influencers doing all kinds of things that are causing issues with um, sticking to certain diets or plant-based diets in general. So number four I'm going to mention is that we are physiologically herbivores. And I know a lot of people love to, to argue about this, but I'm just going to go over this basically to give you an idea that yes, all plant foods that grow on earth are acceptable for you in whatever variety that you decide works for you. And I'm going to give you a few examples. Herbivores have well-developed facial muscles for chewing and grinding things. So do humans. Omnivores do not have developed facial muscles because they don't need to grind foods. Guess what? We do have facial muscles like herbivores. Omnivores have a very large mouth opening so that they can grab onto prey. Herbivores have small mouth openings more suited to eating fruit and plants. Humans have small mouth openings. So we aren't like omnivores in that way either. Omnivores have sharp teeth for tearing flesh. Humans have blunt, flat teeth for grinding things. So do all other herbivores. Omnivores do not have enzymes in their saliva. Herbivores do. Humans have amyl amylase or the starch digesting enzyme in our saliva. Our body can start digesting starches from mixing it with our saliva. What does that tell you? Yes, we are supposed to eat starches. We are meant for that. That's exactly why... We physiologically are designed with starch digesting enzymes in our saliva. If we weren't designed for starches, we would not have that. An omnivore's digestive tract is about four to six times the length of their body. 
herbivores and humans' digestive tracts are 10 to 11 times the length of our body. We need a lot of fiber and a lot of roughage in order to keep our intestinal tracts healthy. Omnivore urine is acidic. Human urine is alkaline. So are herbivores. Urine is also alkaline. Uh, An omnivore's stomach pH is 1. A human or herbivore's pH in the stomach is 4 to 5. We have a really hard time digesting um, flesh because our pH in our stomach isn't low enough. It's not acidic enough in our stomach to digest it very well. We can survive on an omnivorous diet, but we generally suffer health problems such as heart disease, diabetes, constipation, acid reflux, indigestion, and a whole list of other problems because we're not designed to eat that way. So omnivores can actually excrete unlimited amount of cholesterol. So it doesn't matter how much animal flesh or whatever they're eating, they can excrete the cholesterol. Humans have a very limited amount or a limited ability to excrete cholesterol. And that's why we end up having heart problems and strokes and other things in our circulatory system because we don't have that same ability as omnivorous animals. So what does that tell you just from a physiological standpoint of what's healthy for us to eat? Plants. Any of them. I don't care. Pick them. Pick whatever plants you like and eat them in whatever variety you like. So how do you wade through all the confusion? Just keep it simple. Eat whole foods from the earth in any variety prepared in any way that you like. And I don't mean fried in oil, by the way. (laughs) Not that way. But if you like salads, great. If you like steamed vegetables, great. If you don't really like vegetables, potatoes are a great source. Sweet potatoes, carrots, I don't know, grains, whatever variety. If you like legumes, tempeh, tofu, there's all kinds of things that you can eat. You don't need experts to tell you how to eat. It is really good to eat according to the seasons in which you live, which is ideal. You don't need meal plans. You don't need menus from anybody. You don't need what I eat in a day videos. You need to learn to eat intuitively. Eat when you're hungry. Stop when you're satiated. Eat the foods that you enjoy eating. Do not force yourself to eat foods you don't like. Don't eat cold foods when it's negative 12 degrees outside because somebody else does it. You don't need to do that. If somebody in Canada is thriving on a raw food diet, great. Usually people in cold climates that thrive on raw food diets are eating a lot of warm teas or drinking a lot of warm teas and eat a lot of warming spices. Uh, And they they don't do juice cleanses. They don't do water fasting. They eat large amounts of food and they eat it at room temperature and it's, they're able to thrive. But if that doesn't feel good to you, just don't do it. You don't need to. It doesn't, you can steam your veggies. It's totally fine. Um, It actually does break down the indigestible fibers and makes it a little easier to digest and absorb the nutrients out of it when it's cooked. And so eating a variety of cooked and raw foods is, is perfectly acceptable. You don't need to get into just raw foods if that doesn't feel good to you. If it feels good to you, great. But what I'm trying to tell you is listen to your body. It knows what it needs. Find the combinations of foods, cooked, raw, plant foods, whatever that is that works for you. You may gravitate towards wanting a lot of fruit and a more fruit-based diet might be good for you. Or you might be the kind of person that likes more savory foods and you prefer starches like rice and potatoes. That's okay too. 
Or you might be someone who needs more higher calorie dense foods, higher protein foods like lentils, beans, peas, tempeh, tofu. That's just fine. So what really the whole point of this is how do you know what diet is healthy? Number one, it's got to be something that you enjoy. It should be based on whole plant foods, whichever variety of them that you like and that you enjoy. And just do that eating of the abundance of the earth in the way that feels good to you. It doesn't matter if it's raw. It doesn't matter if it's cooked. It doesn't matter if there's more fruit. It doesn't matter if there's more starches. And in fact, you don't really need to eat large amounts of vegetables to be healthy either. If you don't like sweet potatoes, don't eat them. It's just that simple. It really, we complicate things too much. We know that we're herbivores. Physiologically, that's very clear. So physiologically, you know what you need to eat. And then you just go and choose the ones that you love. It's so simple and so easy. One of the things that I do have my clients do is take a look at their social media consumption and the social media accounts that they're following. And I like to have them unfollow the ones that are causing a lot of stress for them. It doesn't mean you can't watch a what I eat in a day video, but you need to stay grounded about what that person is eating and what's good for you and what the which might be different from them. But I always have them start to consume more social media that's uplifting, that's positive, that is hobbies that they like. So if you like doing crafts, follow craft ones, follow crocheting, follow other things that don't involve just food and all of this craziness all the time. And it really does help you just come into yourself and know, you know what's good for you. You know what feels good when you eat it and you know what doesn't feel good when you eat it. And that's what you need to be following, not what anyone else is telling you to do. Number one, just eating the foods that you enjoy. It's that simple. So I really want to thank you for tuning in with me today and listening to my little rant about how to know what's healthy. And hopefully you got a little bit of benefit out of this. And I really appreciate you being here and listening and tuning in. And I will see you next time.